Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everyone? And welcome back to the program. We've talked a lot here on the podcast about how the war on drugs in Mexico is driving a ton of the migration that we see to the United States and elsewhere. And in today's episode... That's what we're going to be talking about, considering that about 88% of migrants are saying that they've crossed the border to escape violence. So, it's obviously a huge issue. It's obviously something that has to be addressed. The question is, how do you address it? Well, my opinion, I think the best way to do that is to reshore all of these manufacturing jobs that we've sent over to China, that we've sent over to India, that we've sent over to Vietnam, and bring them all back to the Western Hemisphere and set these factories up in places like Mexico. And not just set the factories up, but also set a standard. Meaning that the people who work in these factories, they make the same amount of money as their American counterparts. You want to talk about changing things? You want to talk about giving people some hope? Well, that's how you do it. If you wake up every single day and you know that there's no hope, that there's no chance of you ever getting out of your situation, well, are you going to try and go to school or are you going to join the local cartel? It's not really that difficult of a choice when the choices are eating or starving. And unfortunately, that's the choice that a lot of people in Mexico in these war-torn areas are facing. Today's article is from the Daily Mail and the headline. Mexican cartels' bloody turf war is driving record migration to the U.S., as 88% of migrants say they've crossed the border to escape violence. This article was authored by Adri Torres. A new southwestern border survey has revealed that Mexican migrants have abandoned their homes for a new life in the United States because of cartel violence instead of economic difficulties. And this is something I've told you folks for a while. You know, there's a lot of reasons, right, why people are leaving their home and trying to come to America. But to act like the failed war on drugs and the disaster that came with it isn't driving a lot of this migration is just not being honest about what's going on. The study showed that 88% of the people, 6,710 people, who passed through the center revealed that they wanted to get away from violence stemming from turf wars between the Sinaloa cartel and CJNG. And from the people I know down in Mexico, this is certainly a huge factor, and it's driven some of them to move from where they were living. I have several friends who have left Tijuana at this point because it's just too dangerous. 
And then, of course, I have other friends who don't have the means to leave, so they're forced to live in TJ and deal with this shit on a daily basis. The data collected by Kino Border Initiative, a large migrant shelter and resource center in Nogales, Sonora, was a stark difference from 2017 when 87% of the 7,148 respondents indicated that they were migrating to America because of economic hardships. All of this goes hand in hand. The war on drugs in Mexico has led to literally hundreds of thousands of deaths. And they haven't made any headway, have they? In fact, things have only gotten worse. So what exactly has been accomplished by the failed war on drugs? Can somebody please explain it to me? Especially considering when you look at the fact that one of the worst places when it comes to drugs is the jail system, federal and state. You have to ask yourself, if you're not going to win the fucking war on drugs in jail, where are you going to win the war on drugs? The survey showed that just 2% of the people who were interviewed revealed that they had left everything behind because of violence. The recent Kino Border Initiative were almost on par with the UN's International Organizations for Migration 2022 survey, which revealed that 500 Mexicans, 90%, who moved to the north were seeking entry to the United States because they were escaping from violence, extortion, armed clashes, or organized crime. At least 25% of them had a family member who had been reported missing. And when we talk about the large number of missing people in Mexico, it's not hyperbole. It's not, you know, oh, well, maybe this is the number. The numbers that we use are conservative. Those are the numbers that are being reported by the authorities. How many more people are missing than the ones that have been reported? You and I both know that the number is a lot larger than what is being reported to the public. I mean, every single day, basically, we have a new story about people being abducted in Mexico and murdered or just going missing. We no longer have migrants coming to the United States to work, said Pedro Di Velasco, Kino's education and advocacy director. We're seeing people who are forced out of their communities. They have to flee. Reuters was able to interview 21 families who indicated that they too were fleeing because of violence. A woman who identified herself as Yomara told Reuters that she and her husband, Carlos, decided to move from the city of Chico Musuelo in the southern state of Chiapas after a gun battle between rival gangs fighting for the control of drug and migrant trafficking routes forced their daughter's school to close. Now who would want to live like that? Would you? I certainly wouldn't, and I'm guessing that most of you out there, if this shit happened in your neighborhood, you'd be moving if you could. Nobody wants to live under the threat of organized crime violence. Nobody wants to live under the threat of a cartel attack uh, every day. So what do you expect people to do? And look, don't get it twisted. I'm certainly not calling for unmitigated, unchecked immigration to the United States of America. What I'm trying to do is frame it for you. So you understand the motivations that are driving a lot of these people to leave their home. And if you think things are bad now, they can get a whole lot worse. Imagine if Mexico really slides into a narco state. What do you think the migration levels will be then? So we all have a stake here. We all have a reason to want Mexico to succeed, right? And for me, I think the best way to do that is to offer people hope. And how do you do that? Well, you offer them a future. And so far down in Mexico, that has not been offered to the vast majority of people. 
Now you go down to Mexico City and some of the bigger places. Yeah, sure. The economy's rocking and rolling. People are doing well. But we're talking about the common folk, right? People living in the countryside, people who might not be as educated, and they're forced to live under the thumb of these cartels. And whenever something goes down, if the military shows up, they show up, what, three days later? Meanwhile, these families have had their kids kidnapped. They've had their sons and their daughters killed and God knows what else. But yeah, let me just stay where I've been living so that they come get me next. Does that sound logical to anybody out there? Violence eventually drove produce vendors out of the market after they were met with the prospects of having to affiliate themselves with the gangs. Yomara feared that her husband would be forcibly recruited if he turned up for his job on a construction site. So that's what they do as well. Remember, you show up at work one day, next thing you know, the cartel's showing up and telling you, well, you're now an operator for us. And what recourse does the common man have? They have no recourse. And remember, Mexico's not even armed as far as the populace goes. There's no Second Amendment in Mexico. So the people are really bent over a barrel, if you will. The murder of a well-known local peace activist and a never-ending beef between the Jalisco New Generation cartel and the Sinaloa cartel forced the family to migrate to the north with their four-year-old daughter Carla in November. They crossed into Arizona and turned themselves in to United States border agents. It used to be a peaceful town. Now everyone is fleeing, Yomara 26 said in an interview in Nogales, Arizona. Maria, a nurse's aide from the western state of Michoacan, which has been rocked by conflict for years, said she fled with her three children in October after the CJNG killed her partner and delivered his head to her front door in a box. Well, that's nice, huh? I'm sure everybody out there would love that. Wake up one morning and your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, whatever, their head's in a box on your front stoop. Yeah, I would think that that would initiate some fear, no? I think that would make you want to move, right? find some security, some safety. And for a lot of these people, that's what's going on. And it's sad to see. I think that the vast majority of the people that you see leaving their homes, they don't want to leave. They want to stay where they're from with their family, their friends. And if all things were equal, that's what they would be doing. But in the real world, we know that all things aren't equal. And we know that the reason that shit like this goes south is because the politicians in Mexico, in America, everywhere... Well, they really don't care about finding solutions to the problems. Because if they did, we wouldn't be doing the same shit we've been doing since the 70s. Because that stuff that we've been doing, breaking news, it doesn't work. The incident showing her husband's head being left was caught on security cameras. Maria, whose full name Reuters held for security reasons, said she planned to seek asylum in the U.S. and was awaiting an appointment on the government-run CPB, one smartphone app, to approach the border because she feared the group would be able to find her anywhere in Mexico. Where can you go in Mexico that doesn't have this cartel? Where can you be safe, she said. And when somebody's in a situation like this and we have proof that her husband has had his head cut off or whatever and that she and her child are in danger, then that's a situation that should be streamlined, right? We have somebody here who is in danger seeking asylum and that's what America should be. When people are trying to come to America the right way, we should have the different levers in place for them to pull to do it the right way. And unfortunately, the way things are set up right now, it's a whole entire gymnastics event 
to try and make your way through the immigration law. And I think at this point, we should go back and reevaluate the laws that are on the books and update the laws that are on the books to match the current issues that we're facing. Because the issues aren't static, right? They change. So we have to be able to adapt and change right along with it. And I think that if we have a better, more streamlined situation when it comes to legal immigration into America, I think we can alleviate some of this. Not all of it, obviously, but some of it. And some of it's better than none, right? Migration experts say the CJNG cartel and Sinaloa cartel strife in long violent states and an expansion of these battlegrounds to previously calm parts of the country has fueled what is believed to be the largest exodus of Mexican families in modern history. According to U.S. Customs and Border Protection figures for fiscal year 2023, at least 180,000 Mexican migrants traveling in family groups crossed the border into the U.S. four times more than the previous year. Mexicans made up a fifth of the 868,000 migrants of all nationalities traveling in family groups. Look, folks, those numbers are staggering, and I don't have the answers. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I have answers for you. I don't. But I do know this. What we're doing is not working. And I think that a good first step would be to reevaluate our relationship with China, like I said earlier, and bring all of those jobs back to the Western Hemisphere. I have no idea why we're so deeply in bed with China. Didn't we learn anything during COVID? We want our supply lines to be destroyed again? So from where I'm sitting, I think there are many benefits to bring back all of these factories, all of these jobs, and we could start in Mexico. We already have all sorts of partnerships with them, with NAFTA and the rest of the trade agreements. So if we want people to stay in Mexico and have something to look forward to, have some hope in life, shouldn't we help out by bringing some of these factories there perhaps? Because honestly, what do we get from having a partnership with China? In my opinion, we don't get anything, really. Now, look, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have any sort of relationship with China, but I don't think all of our manufacturing should be based over there. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's unclear how many of these families will be able to stay legally in the U.S. because people who flee gangs often do not qualify for asylum. Applicants must demonstrate a fear of persecution stemming from their political beliefs or belonging to a particular race, religion, nationality, or social group. A Syracuse University study showed that immigration courts denied 85% of asylum claims by Mexican applicants across the last two decades. It's the highest rejection rate of the 19 nationalities that most often request asylum, and I think that's something that has to be revisited. These aren't regular gangs, right? These are cartels. These are people that are basically in control of provinces. Whole swaths of Mexico are under their control, where the government has zero say. So I think that this is a little bit different than your run-of-the-mill neighborhood gang, right? So this is what I mean. 
when I say we have to go and reevaluate some of the stuff we have going on as far as immigration law. Let's just take a look at everything, right? Let's put it all on the table. Let's have a robust conversation and let's figure this out. It's extremely rare for Mexicans to obtain asylum by arguing that they are fleeing organized crime violence, said Victor Clark, a security and migration expert at the Binational Center for Human Rights in Tijuana, who has served for years as an expert witness in cases of Mexicans requesting U.S. asylum. But many come with the dream of winning asylum, he said. A U.S. State Department official told Reuters that Mexican migrants who do not qualify to stay in the U.S. are regularly returned to Mexico. When asked about cartel activity driving families north, the person said statistics were not available. Well, that's ridiculous. All you have to do is a little bit of homework, talk to some people down in Mexico, and like anything else, you can find what you're looking for. And for me... I don't even rely on what the media tells me. At this point, if I don't have sources myself or people that are hip to what's going on that I trust, I really have a hard time believing what people are telling me because everybody's out here selling you all kinds of wolf tickets on a regular ass basis. But the fact of the matter is this. There is zero doubt that the violence in Mexico is driving the huge migration crisis that we see at the American border. That fear is driving people across the border, said Falco Ernst, senior analyst for the International Crisis Group, noting that as cartels expand, they sometimes tap into far-flung networks of associates to track people down using their names and photos as if putting out a search warrant. And we were just talking about how they have access to Titan software. So that's real reassuring, huh? They have all this software they can use to track people down, and they have all this power, but yeah, the people that are living under their thumb, they should just continue to do that, right? Mexican President AMLO took office in 2018, promising to reverse decades-old security crisis by breaking with his predecessor's war on drugs and prioritizing programs to help the poor. The poverty rate has since fallen six percentage points, yet while the national murder rate has declined since its high in 2019, homicides have increased this year in Guerrero, Chiapas, and Morelos, states from which many of the migrants are fleeing. Those three states also recorded an increase in kidnappings over the last year. Critics of the leftist leader's security policy say his administration has failed to curb impunity and corruption, allowing criminal groups to further entrench their operations or expand. That's true, too. There's a lot going on here, and this is a very, very nuanced issue. Mexico's government did not respond to requests for comment. AMLO said much of Chiapas is peaceful, although he has acknowledged that organized crime groups near the border with Guatemala are fighting for control of the flow of drugs from Central America. Speaking at his daily press conference in October, he said 15,000 members of the armed forces had been deployed across the state. For Carlos and Yomara, just getting away from Chiapas and across the border is a relief. I feel calmer now, more at peace, Carlos said as the family waited along with dozens of other migrants for a bus from the border to a shelter in Tucson. My daughter is going to be okay. So look, man, I get it, right? I understand that this is a very, very, very volatile issue. And people have a lot of strong opinions. But I think that it's very important to understand that all of this is being driven by the stupid-ass decisions being made by politicians on both sides of the border. And until the leaders on both sides of the border want to get creative, 
we're just going to have more misery going both ways, whether it's overdose deaths in America or hundreds of thousands of murders due to cartel violence in Mexico. The result is the same. Pain and misery for the normal folks like me and you. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this one. All of the information that goes with this episode can be found in the description box.